Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Please be advised that Little Miss Recap contains adult language. Queen Elizabeth will speak publicly today about the death of Diana, Princess of Wales. Joining me from London is NPR's Michael Goldfarb to talk about the extraordinary move by the Queen to speak to her subjects. Any idea of what she will say today? Uh, it will be a very carefully crafted speech because people will listen to it with great interest. Since last Sunday's dreadful news, we have seen throughout Britain and around the world an overwhelming expression of sadness at Diana's death. So what I say to you now, as your queen and as a grandmother, I say from my heart. First, I want to pay tribute to Diana myself. She was an exceptional and gifted human being. In good times and bad, she never lost her capacity to smile and laugh, nor to inspire others with her warmth and kindness. I admired and respected her for her energy and commitment to others. I hope that tomorrow we can all, wherever we are, join in expressing our grief at Diana's loss and gratitude for her all too short life. recap the podcast where we love getting up at the crack of dawn talking about the royals we do we do and we um, do. it's what we do i mean to view most royal events as americans we have to get up at the crack of dawn so it makes sense okay well i don't them. do that but you do i do do that i'm a nut job because you're invested i am i am we all have our things and apparently <laughs> mine is watching the royals casually very casually <laughs> My name's Amy Archer, guys. I'm the host of Wilma's Recap, and I'm here with my co-host, the butter to my bread. I will not call you cheese again, because I don't want to get into the cheese rules. Um, <laughs> Amanda Lipnack-Gradel. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, friends. I, I knew you were going to say the butter to my, and I thought it was going to be biscuit, but I'll take bread. Ooh, I am shaped like a biscuit. <laughs> You're a little biscuity. I yeah. am a little biscuity. A little nugget over there. I'm like a little undone biscuit. <laughs> You're like the dumplings. We just pop right into the chicken and dumplings. A hundred percent. Waiting to do its thing. A hundred percent. 
Um, So we're here to round out our first part of Mm -hmm. the coverage of the final season of The Crown. Correct. Um, And today we're going to do season or episode four. And I'm sad that, you know, this is ending right now. I am too. I am too. But we know like in two weeks we get more. I know. Actually a week and and a half we get more. We're doing the schedule, and Amanda, Amanda, and I are like, "Wow, what, we're gonna have all this free time!" And then we're like, "Oh wait, <laughs> the crown wait, comes back." We got the second half of the crown. Never mind. Never yeah. mind. But it's I love good. I love covering it. I do too. I do mm-hmm. too. I was um on Blady Day yesterday with both Robin and Michelle. I felt very oh, special. I was I was the third sister, you know, third wife in their marriage that day. Mm-hmm. It was pretty exciting. She mm-hmm. says, I am the I am the one that she's nice to. Everyone else she's mean to. But oh, her sister okay. wife, so she's nice to me. Anyway. So you're the Robin to her Mary. I am the Robin to her Mary. Okay. We were talking about the crown and um, it's getting, well, we know that it's not getting great reviews overall, but it's really apparently a volatile conversation in, in England. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have yet to dive into it, and they were asking my thoughts on it, and I said, we're enjoying it. Yes, it's not perfect, but Robin and I were talking about the thing that you and I have talked about, which is the problem is, is it's too close to, we know it too well. Yeah, yeah. To be divorced from it. And we all have opinions about it. And we all because, have opinions yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, I was listening to this new podcast I found that I sent to you called The Crown Factor Fiction, which is yes. really interesting. And they have like a few um, royals experts okay. weigh in on, you know, what's true, what's false. And I listened to, there's only three episodes out. So this one was not out. Um, so I listened to it. And one of the people, I think it's in episode one, he was talking about like in, he said in Britain, people know that the crown is, you know, they take it with the grain of salt, the sure. show. They're like, it's mostly not true, da, da, da. But he said, the problem is globally, people think this is Bible. Right, yeah. And that's true. That's yeah, true. I, I think I've had a healthy sense of the fact that a great deal of this is fictionalized because we don't know what the private conversations ever right, are. Right, but how many like people, like the just the average viewer, yeah. are going to think like that? Oh, yeah, no. no right. No, of course not. Right. It's the same so, way that like you and I will talk for hours about sister wives and people will be like, who's Leon? <laughs> what happened to Mary's kid? We haven't seen them in a long time. Like, I know. Like, I know. How do you not know every detail of this family? But most people aren't as obsessed as we are. That's true. Probably That's a good thing. True. Probably yeah, a good yeah. thing for them and for us. It is. It is. Um, we're going to jump right in today because we got a lot to get to. We, have we to do. do some other stuff later. We do, we do. But I did want to, I, I texted you last night that I wanted to, to share a story, but I think it relates to this episode. So yes. yesterday I went to a burlesque workshop, um, did not flash my tits at all, which is you know, okay. good or bad. Okay. And it's with this um, burlesque teacher and performer named Pearl Noir. And she's just one of those people that like, she walks in the room and you just feel like this woman is a, is a powerhouse. Like you can I just love tell. that. Mm-hmm. she's amazing and she has this whole program called healing through seduction which is a really interesting way of like accessing your your inner child and the seductive parts of you because they're actually the same because it's the parts at which you were free in your life mm. and it's really interesting so that was the thing i did in it's brooklyn it's interesting too because it could be reframing sexual trauma of course as a healing mm-hmm. tool that's interesting mm-hmm. okay yeah it's interesting so the class was um a reverse striptease 
whether mm. we were doing it for real or not. Um, it's very interesting. But you do the ritual a couple of times, and then she had half the group sit and watch and the other half and just all this. And I was thinking about the difference between, and people talking about their experience of knowing that people were watching versus knowing that people were not watching. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of the difference between being watched and being witnessed. Hmm. Okay. You know, watch feels very passive, but being witnessed feels like you're in, you're involving, you're you're, yeah, you're connecting to it. Mm-hmm. It's an active mm-hmm. thing. And I was thinking, how much of a, how much of Diana's life was she watched versus witnessed? I think so few people like actually saw her. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that um, from what I have read. Her boyfriend before Dodie, I forget his name, the surgeon, the mm-hmm. doctor that she was involved with. Who, whoever played him was a hottie McHot hot. I believe that she said he was like the truest love of her life at some point, she had said. Mm. And I'm, I'm just wondering if, because we know Charles didn't see her, no, right? We know that. And we know Dodie didn't see her. No. no. I wonder if that guy did. I wonder, okay. you know, if... I hope so, because I hope hope that she experienced that once in her life. I do, too. I do, too. Because it sounds like her father didn't see her. Mm -mm. And she was trying real hard. Mm -hmm. Her husband didn't see her, and the world didn't really see her. They saw what they wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I just thought, I was thinking about that last night. It's like the difference Mm -hmm. between being watched and being witnessed. Yeah. It's just interesting. So, anyway, we are season six, episode four, The Aftermath. Not the mm-hmm. aftermath, like Leah Remini in Scientology, the aftermath. Mm. The aftermath of the death of Princess yes. Diana and Dodie Alfayette. So we open with a lot of phone calls. Like this news is just spreading all over the place. First, yeah. it's dark and Balmoral. And I'm guessing like whoever the night manager is of Balmoral just answers the phone. And we see that. We see Moo answer the phone from a dead sleep. He's mm-hmm. clearly upset. We see a lot of Moo in this. Yeah, we do. Another man answers the phone. He's clearly upset and lights start coming on at Balmoral. So people are clearly waking up. Mm-hmm. Philip and Elizabeth meet with this night manager dude and he tells them about the accident. He had gotten a call from the embassy in Paris and that Dodie had died instantly and the princess was in critical condition. Things were not looking good. Mm-hmm. Charles comes rushing in because he too got a call from his press secretary And it's all over the news, which we know it's all over the news. Now, I'm going to take this moment. Where were you when you found out? Because this is how all these people are finding out. Yeah, okay. So I don't remember the exact moment, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I remember the day. Mm -hmm. So I remember that I was at my first husband's house. And he had just, (laughs) this is a random fact. He had just gotten a fish tank and we were setting it up. And I remember cool. that. I remember, you know, his mother coming in and telling us that Princess Diana died. But okay. I don't, like, it wasn't early. So I don't think I got it when it was breaking news. Well, it happened at, she died at 4.04 a.m. Paris time. Which would have been what? Uh, I don't know if it's five or six, I think it's six hours. Because London's five hours. So. Okay, so it would have been, been at night. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay, blue. so maybe, yeah. So maybe I did hear it when it, right when it happened. So, and I got 404 from the um, clock in the hospital that they seemed to put the camera, the camera stopped there for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had just moved into my second 
apartment with my friend Julie and we had been out. I don't remember who, where we were. We were mm-hmm. out somewhere and we came home and I'm pretty sure my friend Eric was also there and we were watching Saturday Night Live mm. or we got, we came in to turn on Saturday Night Live and yeah. it said, you know, Princess Diana was in this accident and we were like, so they broke what? into Saturday Night Live? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, or maybe it was just like a Chiron on the bottom. Yeah, and that's what Saturday Night Live was going. And then they, when when she actually died, they broke in. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, the Tom Brokaw-esque, like, you know, the national mm-hmm. news anchor, whoever it was. Yeah. Reminds me of the scene of, uh, you've ever seen the movie Broadcast News? I don't think I have. Oh, Amy, you would love it. It's such a good movie. It's such a good yeah. wordy movie. Ooh, I would like you that. would love it. And it's about mm-hmm. the integrity of journalism and all of this. Mm-hmm. But there's a scene where there's like this major thing that happens, some bombing or something. And William Hurt winds up having to be the anchor and he's not really ready to do it. It's just mm-hmm. interesting of how people just get dropped into these like major world events. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm telling well, the story like, of this thing. That's like Howard Cosell. I think it was Howard Cosell broke John Lennon's death on Monday oh, Night Football. He? Oh, wow. Yeah, it happened during Monday Night Football, and he broke it. And it's like most people wouldn't think he was, you know. No, I wouldn't think of Howard Cosell yeah. with the death of John Lennon. But, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's mm-hmm. Particularly if it's Monday night, most people are watching Monday Night Football. Yeah. Particularly yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. There weren't 17 other choices. It no. was Mm-mm. two other choices. So, anyway. How about here's what a dork I am, right? I'm like, yeah. we're watching. Timmy and I are watching something. Al Michaels was on. Oh, oh, I know what it was. I was getting my tattoo with my sister, and mm. the guy had the game on. Okay. And Al Michaels was on. Like, God, Al Michaels is old, isn't he? He's like gonna be a hundred right now. And he's like, he's calling this game, right? Right. And I'm like, well, I know that he was in the booth the night of Monday Night Football when John Lennon died. And my sister's <laughs> like, how do you know that? <laughs> like, I know so many random facts about John Lennon. You have no idea. No idea. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Yeah. I'm I'm listening to you and Steph unmarried first sight now that i'm all caught up and understand mm-hmm. that you know you're angry at the girls for not talking to you about 1968 yes yes between john lennon and 1968 <laughs> like come on get with it okay anyway so we're back at this um charles comes rushing in that he got this call from the press secretary and Moo-moo. he's looking real good he's looking real good <laughs> he's looking really good <laughs> I'm not comfortable with the level at which I'm attracted to Prince Charles. No, I'm like, what are these warm feelings below my pajama pants? <laughs> Is your basement flooding, my friend, as as they say? So uh, Mumu rushes into a helicopter, is met by a bodyguard, one of the bodyguards that we saw before. And first he wants to go to where the accident happened before going to the morgue. And the scene is just crawling with people. He stands and he just starts praying in Arabic. Yeah. Now we're at the morgue and Mumu goes in to identify Dodie's body by himself. Oh, no, he doesn't. No, it's Charles who goes into Diana's body by herself. He goes in and, you know, we talked about wondering how he, he reacted to this. And I, I don't Charles have Charles or Mumu? Mumu. Yeah. We don't have a good sense of how accurate this was but right the guy playing him was just he was stunning just the he look was on his face and the grief and as he pulls back the sheet and he's just holding Dodie's head and just kissing yep. him all over yep. and sobbing and yelling in arabic and it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking it's absolutely heartbreaking i listened to an interview god i listened to a lot of ancillary materials <laughs> ancillary um, 
ancillary. <laughs> it's like the one word you cannot pronounce. <laughs> it's not the one word, Amanda. It's one of 11. <laughs> um, I was listening to an interview with the guy who played Dodie. And he was saying that it might have been on the Crown Official podcast. Okay. And he was saying how grateful he was that Peter Morgan uh, worked so much Arabic into the script. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah they, there's they a lot of Arabic. They frequently go in and out of it. You know what I mean? And I just thought that this was an interesting time to use it and the right time to use it. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that they used it in in... We'll get to it, but when Ghost Doty shows up, I'm glad that they spoke in yes. air. I'm glad that they spoke in I'm glad that it seems like Peter Morgan has them um, speak who? in the language. Peter Morgan okay. speaks in the language that the people would have spoken in. Yes. Agreed. Not the stupid stuff that 90 Day does where it's like two Brazilians are speaking English. Agreed. Thank which you. Is yes. So awkward. Mm-hmm. So now we're um outside of an OR. It's 4 04 a.m. Doctors come out and with lots of staff just sitting around and there's no dialogue. And I noticed they use this for the whole, the whole time. Anytime someone is telling them that di- that somebody died, we don't hear it, which mm-hmm. I think is a really interesting way of doing it. I think it's actually very respectful. I do too. I because do too. we have no idea what any of these people would have said. So mm-hmm. let's, let's just let it be. We all know what it is. We don't have to do it. And you see the doctor is just like crushed. Yeah. He's crushed. Which the nurses around start crying. Of, reminds me of the do- the medical team that worked on JFK. Okay. If you ever see if you ever see the doctor who worked on him come out and talk to the, he's you could see the look yeah. of devastation. Mm-hmm. Devastation. He did everything he could. At, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there was there was no chance for JFK. No, 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 no. no, no. But they tried. They, they fucking try. tried. Yeah, I know. But half his brain got blown out. So John bad. Lennon too. But I won't get. I won't go. There. Let's not go there. <laughs> okay. Let's not go there. We don't need you to start crying. We don't need that right now. It's too early in the morning for that. So anyway, just but- love a bunch of dead guys named John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a theme going on there. Uh, but like the nurses and the orderlies, everyone standing around just starts crying, devastated. Back at Balmoral, the embassy calls. And Paris calls and tells them, Philip, Elizabeth, and Charles, that Diana has died. And we hear the news reports in the background. Someone comes in to, to see Charles, Philip, and Diana, and, excuse me, not Diana, Charles, Philip, and Elizabeth, to tell them that Diana died, All again, all done in silence. And Charles begins to cry. And you can see that the queen is obviously shaken. Yes. Philip, yeah. don't give a fuck. And I, I read that that was true, that Charles let out... Like somebody said an, an ungodly like yelp and wail mm-hmm. and started mm-hmm. crying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Philip doesn't Phil- give a fuck. Philip's like, where's my breakfast? Right. Exactly. Can we just get on with this? Mm-hmm. Like, why are we mm-hmm. even bothering talking about mm-hmm. this? She's not one of us anymore. No. He is as awful as we know Philip is. He's so gross in this. And I feel like that was a turn. Like, I feel like in the beginning seasons, mm-hmm. he wasn't so awful. Mm-mm. He's really awful now. It's really He's gotten clear. really bad over time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I wonder he did something to piss off Peter Morgan. <laughs> yeah, he did not get the fair, fair fine edit that Charles did. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. And so, but we begin with a news report announcing that Diana has died. We see Charles walking outdoors. He's clearly grief stricken. Um, he's walking across a lake, like he falls to his knees, crying at the side of the lake. Um, meanwhile, we also hear him in a voiceover talking to Camilla. Yeah. To tell her what's happened. And 
he's you know he's he's so upset at the lakeside he's going back and forth camilla asks when he will tell the boys and he says he wants to delay it as long as possible because while they sleep they still have a mother which is I just, felt that. I felt that. I, that, I know. Ugh, I will to know never, that when they wake up, he's going to destroy their lives. I will never forget waking up the day after my gram died and Timmy's mom called me and like it woke me up. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to her, she was like, how are you? And I remember saying like, was that a dream? Like, was like, did yeah. that just really happen? I can't even imagine the pain these boys felt and wanting either. to put it off as long as possible. These poor babies. I know. I know. And just let them, let them remain innocent mm-hmm. because once mm-hmm. they know this, they're not in it. Their lives are never innocent again. Mm-mm. And I mean, they were 12 and 15, but still it's they're just babies. And oh yeah. A hundred percent. It seems the way that Peter, Peter Morgan is telling this story is that Charles got it all along. How big this was going to be. Yeah. Um, and he says to Camilla, this is going to be enormous. People have no idea. This is going to be the biggest thing we've ever seen. And he wasn't wrong. No. Mm-mm. Um, certainly I mean, in, he in the always, modern era. And he, he was firsthand witnessed. I mean, let's not forget how the paparazzi were with her when she came into the family. Yeah. Like yeah. he has seen this all along and you know, he's like, this is, this is going to be bad. He, he never got this level of attention before her. No. Or since her, really, in a lot of ways. No. Um, And so we see Charles knocks on William's door. He's asleep. And Charles sits on the edge of his bed and just kind of reach over and just gently pats him. William's like, what, Dad? God. What do you want? Dude, it's like Saturday (laughs) or Sunday morning. Why can't I just sleep? (laughs) Teenager. (laughs) And... He wakes him up with morning, darling. And I wonder if that's how he referred to, refers to his children. I, that, I don't know. That doesn't feel real to me, but who knows? Yeah. Um, and Charles says, I'm afraid you're going to have to be very brave. And then we don't hear him telling William. And we cut mm-hmm. to Harry being told and William just standing there looking like he has no idea what the fuck is going on. Oh, poor William. I know. Um. Elizabeth is told that the boys have woken and have been told Charles requested that one of the queen's planes go to pick up, pick up Diana. Elizabeth asks why. And Charles says, this is in accordance with the plans. If a Royal dies abroad and Philip is like, uh-uh. Nope. She's not, she's a, royal. not a Royal. Fuck her. Uh, uh, uh. No longer I want to stab him with a little olive fork. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Over and over. Little, little time. <laughs> <laughs> And Philip is quick to point out she's no longer a royal. Philip thinks it needs to appear they are doing it by the book. And Charles asks if they would prefer if the future king of England's mother is brought back to Mm. London in a Herod's van. That was an amazing line. It was. Of course, it probably was not true. No. But it was an amazing line. Mm-hmm. And they were both like, uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Now we're we're sort of getting this now. Yes. This is a little yes. bigger than just this bitch died. This yes. is yep. the mother of the future king of England. And Elizabeth just kind of like nods and is like, yeah, okay, fine. You can have the plane. And they also show Elizabeth um, a short statement from her and Philip to do and they're kind of like, why do we even have to do this? Like, yeah, huh? yeah. They're like, this bitch is dead to us. Yeah. She's dead to us and now she's dead. Great. It's crazy. I'm just going to worry about my grandkids now. Which, yeah. in some ways, is not the wrong 
inclination if diana were not this famous person and she were not the queen of course a grandmother should be like oh my god i need to tend to my but she's not like holding harry on her lap and letting him sob into her breast let's be real no No, she's not tending to the grandchildren is like making sure they're still in the room (laughs) (laughs) exactly or not depending on what they want right um and they ask if they're going to go to church and philip insists that the whole family needs to go Mm-hmm. Um, but the chaplain will be asked not to mention the accident. They must keep things as normal as possible, mm. which I think is the wrong move. Me too. Particularly those boys are just sitting there in that service with tears well, running down their face. And knowing what we know today about trauma, this is the exact wrong move to pretend uh-huh. like nothing's Nothing happened. happened. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was listening to the episode you dropped yesterday with Harry talking about it and how how disconnected he felt from it. Yeah through all of it and now we do know like through the aces study and like so much work on childhood trauma like harry's probably still that 12 year old boy Mm -hmm. he's never grown past that unless Mm -hmm. he's done extensive work on himself and i think he might be doing that now yeah i don't know if he did you know when he was like partying and all that shit like that was just that 12 year old boy who lost his mother Mm -hmm. right exactly yeah it's it is really interesting to think of that and that, you know, he didn't, of course, get the help that he needed. No, of course not. Of course right. not. And William didn't either. No. Mm-mm. No. Which is why one one of the many reasons it breaks my heart that the two of them are, are estranged. I know. At this I point. Know. It's sad. So anyway, we see Moo Moo and he's holding a watch. And someone tells him that there are things of Diana's at Dodie's apartment, including gifts for her boys. Mm-hmm. Mumu says that Dodie and Diane were a love for the ages, Amy. Oh, God. Okay. A love for the ages. Okay. They were engaged to be married. Dodie proposed the night before. He tells his assistants to return her belongings, and he will write a note to the royal family and the Spencer family. This will bring everyone together. Yeah, he's he like, is, now's my, my ticket This in. is it. This is, this is the best I'm ever going to do at this point. He is now their brother in sorrow. They don't give a fuck about him. They don't give a fuck all. about you, dude. They don't even consider Mm-mm. him or Dodie. No. And do not be fooled. Race is a big part of that. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I just put him in my notes. Fun fact. They don't give a fuck about him. <laughs> it's really uh, sad. It's really it like for, really as, sad. for as terrible as they're making Mumu out to be. Yes. And he wasn't a great dude. No, not at all. Um, no, fa- like, no person deserves to lose their child and go through that in isolation essentially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. particularly such a public thing and be totally isolated on his own yep. Yep. Um, we see the church service it's quiet pretty much we're singing a hymn everyone's in black Harry just cries like just this little boy with these tears mm-hmm. going down his face I'm like I can't handle this Charles kisses and comforts the boys and then we see him on the plane to go get Diana's body which we know he wasn't kissing and comforting those boys no he wasn't no. Um, but Dominic West was, and he looked really good while he was doing it. He can kiss and comfort me. He can kiss and comfort me anytime he wants. <laughs> I'll sit there and fake cry in front of him. It's fine. I can yes. make it happen. Let's go into my own childhood trauma. I'll bring something up. I'll start crying, and then Dominic West can comfort me. I'm sure I could find something in there. <laughs> exactly. There's something in there that could get me to cry. Uh, I I do I I do want to say I am very glad that he went and got her. I think that was the yes. right thing to do. Yes. Yes. Both from a parent perspective and Mm -hmm. from a 
royal family perspective. This and was by the right all thing. by all accounts, these this gaggle of royals experts that I've been listening to, mm-hmm. by all accounts, they were on much better terms. They were building a friendship. That's so that good. was that was good to know. Yeah, yeah, which probably made it even harder. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm not. Sh- I mean, it's it's never good to lose somebody that you've had deep feelings for. But like, is it easier to lose them when you're estranged? Or easier to lose them when you're reconciling. I don't know. Hey everyone, stay tuned. Little Miss Recap will be right back after these words. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So, and I'm like, he lands in Paris and of course, so much fucking paparazzi. Of course, everywhere mm-hmm. we go. Mm-hmm. He's escorted into the hospital and to the morgue, and everyone's just kind of, you know, bowing their heads as he walks mm-hmm. by. Mm-hmm. He's left alone with her, and he sobs, and the people outside can hear it, and he is wailing. Mm-hmm. And they're all moved by him. And we see the doctor who also operated on Diana, and he's looking like he feels real bad. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> yes. I'm going to. I want to just take one minute to think of how, like, you know how you get imposter syndrome? Yes. What that doctor must have felt with the oh imposter God. syndrome. Like, here I am having to save the Princess of Wales. Like, here right. I am and having to save the most important person in the world right now, in the country, right, right now. The, yeah. And I failed. And I failed. <laughs> <laughs> she dead now. She dead now. Wow. Like, I'm just trying to think, like, you know, I'm disappointed when I can't sell a book. <laughs> I know. What is, and, that, what is, and that's not life or death for anybody. Right. What does this look like? <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Um, the, 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 she dead now. It's actually funny, but not funny. When my stepson was five, his parents, Todd and his ex-wife, took him to see Les Mis. And I guess it was oh, when... You, you um, told me this. Says, he yeah, said and he just, he just screamed, she dead now. About <laughs> 14 <laughs> Like in the middle of this major here. Maybe we needed him to stand to the side of this and yell it when the surgeon Right, came exactly. Mm-hmm. Just she dead now. She dead now. Mm-hmm. So anytime someone dies in our house, she dead now. And again, we're not laughing at Diana Pass. No, not at all. Not we're at laughing all. at like, imagine just being that surgeon. You show up to Christmas dinner and right, you're like, like, how was your year? And he's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up real bad. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Christmas dinner, how was your year? Well, 
Let's put it this way. I've had some better surgeries in my day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Poor girl. I know. So, anyway, her body is, you know, put into the hearse. And there's a motorcade. And as she's going through the streets of Paris, people are standing. They're clapping. They're throwing flowers. Now, how do you feel about the decision that they didn't show her body, but they showed Dodie's? I didn't even think about that. Mm Mm-hmm. That's an interesting, I didn't even think about that. I wonder, and I don't know, I don't know if you know this, were there injuries such that they could have shown Dodie's face without it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Not sure. Um, so her body's being moved. People are, you know, paying respects. She's, color- she's covered in the royal standard flag. So I looked this up. I wasn't sure what flag was on mm-hmm. her caskets. The royal standard flag. And it represents the sovereign and the United Kingdom. The royal standard flag is flown when the king, well, or then the queen, is in residence in one of the royal palaces on the king's car, queen's car, um, on official journeys and on aircraft when on the ground. Okay. So it's interesting that they chose to, or Charles chose to use the official flag, even though I'm sure Philip was like, she doesn't get the official flag. Well, and I think Charles reframing this as this is the mother of the future king really was Mm -hmm. helpful for that. I think so, too. I, Philip still was a dick about the whole thing. Charles flies back to London, and he truly seems despondent. And he says, Paris, one of the busiest cities in the world, and you brought it to a standstill. And now we have Ghost Diana. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> How do you feel about Ghost Diana? I mean, okay. So I I thought long and hard about this as a writer. Okay. Okay. Clearly, we needed some way for Char to hear Charles' inner thoughts. Mm -hmm. This is a device that's going to get you there. It sure is. Um, I thought there's a way that you could do it. Having Ghost Diana flirt with him probably not Mm. the best move. No, no no um, um but i didn't hate it as much as a lot of people are same like, a lot of people are calling it cheesy and cringy and i didn't feel and i didn't feel like it was her ghost obviously it was his imagination it was his inner monologue or yes. dialogue with yeah. her yeah the other way i think they could have done it but they couldn't have done it three times this way mm-hmm. would have been to have him like writing in a journal or mm-hmm. writing a letter to his boys or some some sort of writing yeah. and just a voiceover of what he's writing. Right, because um, and, and or they could have had him talking to Camilla about it, but I don't know if he would have been as vulnerable. Yeah. In that moment with Camilla. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But here we are. We've got Ghost Diana, so we're just gonna do what we gotta do. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about what Ghost Diana does. So mm-hmm. she's like, ta-da. Charles says, you were always the most beloved of all of us. And she thanks him for how he was in the hospital. Raw, Mm -hmm. broken, and handsome. She says she'll take that with her. See, that That, bothers me. That part bothers me. Me too. I I think if she had said thank you for the kindness in the hospital, I'll remember. I'll remember your grief. Like, I'll... I'll See, I don't even know if she experience. should have said that because that yeah, that implies the, the ghost is a sentient being now. That's and, true, and has has witnessed behavior that did not happen in the real realm. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that is maybe, fair. Yeah. Maybe she could have said something. Like if I was writing it, I would have been like, 
you know, I know it didn't turn out well be- between us, but thank you for giving me my boys or, you know, something, something like that. Or okay. thank you for how kind you've been in the past few months or. Right. I, I don't like the referencing of things. In a moment after she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. get that. I get that. Mm-hmm. And Diana says, you know, I loved you so much. As a tear runs down her face so deeply, Did you, girl? so Did painfully you? too, and that's over now. I think she loved him in a very naive nineteen-year-old girl kind of way. Yeah, I don't think I don't. I don't think she, he. I was mean, the they love weren't the love life. for they weren't the love for the ages that she and Dodie clearly were. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah. No, no, no. Um, and she says. It'll be easier for everyone with me gone. Hmm. And Charles says, no, it won't. She says, it will. Admit it. You've had that thought already. See, that I think is the, that's the like, that's him going, oh my God, how many times did I think Mm -hmm. if she could just die or disappear, that would make everything so much easier. Yeah. But oh shit, no, it really doesn't. And now I feel really guilty about it. It does make it easier in the fact that Camilla never would have been accepted, I think. No, I think if Diana were still alive, this could yeah. never have worked. I think, I think Camilla has, and to Camilla's credit, I think she played it well, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And was respectful, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and he we'll, says- the, We'll see he, though. Next episode could prove me wrong, but go on. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, he says the only thought he's had since he heard of her death was regret. Mm-hmm. And she tells him that will pass. And he says, no, it will not. And they stare at each other and both cry. Okay. We see the plane land. Her casket is moved by Royal Guard to the hearse. And there's paparazzi everywhere again. So many people waiting for them at the airport. Mm-hmm. Charles comes back to Balmoral. And William watches him get out of the car while listening to his Walkman. <laughs> He's attached to this Walkman, which yes, makes me very is. happy. Yes, he is. And then we're in a, a room, a sitting room of some sort. I'm sure that's like their casual living room. And it's all like the most formal shit we've all ever seen. But I'm sure they're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is where we're lounging. Mm-hmm. We see Anna and Mar- we've seen Anna and Margaret. Charles walks in. William is listening to Paranoid Android by Radiohead. William's got some good taste in music. William does have some good taste mm-hmm. in music. Mm-hmm. And Charles greets them as, as darling boy. It just doesn't feel right. I have a question for you. When you were growing up, was Mm -hmm. this a thing, maybe in your house or other houses, where there was a formal living room and a formal dining room? There, until, when I was a little kid, yes. Mm -hmm. We lived in a big old farmhouse that was like constantly falling down. That house was a mess. But it had Mm -hmm. like a formal dining, excuse me, a formal living room. And then, and that had like the fireplace and stuff. And then there was like a family room that was next to the kitchen and that's where the TV was and things like that. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Cause, cause I remember I, I grew up in a neighborhood and I think two of the houses, they were just by levels, like nothing crazy, but they each had this formal living room, which mm-hmm. was real weird. I remember thinking like, you never go in there. What are you doing yeah, in there? Yeah. And thinking that about, was like, a thing f- though. It was thinking about like my friend's houses like in high school, a lot of them had like a living room and then like a TV room slash family room, yes. rec room, yeah. usually in the basement, yeah. but not necessarily depending on the layout of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What were people doing in those formal living rooms? I don't know. Entertaining people in the drawing room? I, mean, I remember what? one family in particular, that's where they would put their train set for Christmas and their tree. 
Oh, sure. So they had a whole room just for a tree once a year. Why not? Okay. By the way, your tree looks very pretty. Thank you. I need to, once the house is clean, I'll take pictures of our tree and stuff. Okay. Anyway, so Charles asks where Granny is, and William mm-hmm. says she's on the phone with the Spencers. Charles finds Elizabeth and Philip, and she asks how it was, and he says, extraordinary. And Elizabeth says they turned off the TV and the radio, and Charles thinks that it's important to pay attention to the mood out there. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth is, is like, we'll just shut this off for a couple days. We'll mourn. People will get it out of their system. La, la, la. No big yeah. deal. We'll just deal with our family. I mean, to be fair, Elizabeth has seen a lot of fucking loss. That's and true. And that probably is how most of it was handled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably the only one that really felt big to her would have been when her father died, but that's because he was the King of England. Like, right. Right. not just her father, but the King of England. Thus, she became the Queen of England. Right. So, Elizabeth thinks worrying about the family is much more important. And Charles says she was part of the family. And Philip's like, not anymore. You divorced her, not us. You wanted this badly, and now this is a Spencer family matter, and they have to obey their wishes. Mm. I'm of two minds. In in part, I do think that the Spencer family's wishes should have been. What did they want? More, they wanted a private. They wanted a small private funeral. Yeah. The problem is the country would never have put up with that. Mm-mm. Um, and the country would have would have believed that the crown was behind that. Yeah, they would never have believed right. that this Even is if what the Spencers Elizabeth wanted. was like. The Spencer family has asked for a small funeral. <laughs> they still would have been very good, Elizabeth Amy. That's Thank amazing. It's like still, she was right here. <laughs> they still would have been like that son of a bitch. They, you know, <laughs> they gave them a private funeral. They would have blamed the queen, regardless. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Yeah, she would have been screwed. Um, and so they wanted Paul a small family service. Charles and the prime minister, handsome Tony Blair, believe it would be, it should be a proper public funeral. Elizabeth says that would mean leaving Scotland and joining a spectacle. Mm, Philip says that would mean the boys walking behind the casket. And Charles says grieving their mother as the public will want them to do. Yeah. I hate how they're used as pawns in this. And I get yeah. why, but I hate it for them so much. Yeah. And Charles talks about the connection that Diana had. And just because they, as a family, don't understand it doesn't mean they, they should deny it. They may Agreed. never have gotten why people love her, but they did. So Agreed. we got to live in the reality. Charles is saying all the right things here. He is. Yes. Which I, is I a wonder... sentence I never thought I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me wonder if this is really what happened. But. Right. He said, people are taking to the streets around the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, I remember all the scenes of, they would show um, British embassies all over the world. And there were feet depth of flowers at yes. British embassies everywhere. It was yeah, and in that nuts. little clip, Harry talks about being mm-hmm. like the me- the mediator between the, the public and his mother. Like it's, yeah. it was, he was taking the flowers and putting them down. He's and like, I was like this weird middleman for yeah. their grief. Yeah, and thank you. That's a better way to put it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I liked how he did say I was a weird middleman for his mm-hmm. grief. For a split yeah. second, I was like, who was interviewing him? I'm like, oh no, it's very... You know, you know that honey dripping voice. Oh, we God, all know it's so beautiful. Oh, I, <laughs> I am sad though that he and Andy Cohen don't drink anymore on New Year's Eve on CNN. That as used watching, to get pretty wild. Oh, watching drunk Anderson Cooper is a delight because yeah. I don't think he ties one on very often, so no. he gets real silly. 
it he's was, very it cute. was really great it was really great the problem is the last one i think andy got real coked out <laughs> <laughs> take it down notch andy yeah andy calm down so anyway charles talks about this connection so people are taking to the streets she says her priority should be as a grandmother to the boys and she won't be lectured as philip says particularly by the person who caused us the most pain or caused her the most pain meaning charles about diana like what a dick thing to say what a holy dick thing shit to say. jesus charles says he let her down in life but he will not let her down in death they can't have it both ways public and private when they want he says it's time that william learns that he's a shy boy but he's a future king and as such he has to behave like one when his mother dies and the country grieves and you he you see william outside the room hearing all of this and you can tell he's like fucking he's, a he's like, like guys what are you guys tostino's pizza rolls <laughs> my, my tostino's pizza rolls <laughs> god imagine like all the things that our our kids say but like in a in a hoity in british a accent fancy yeah fancy british <laughs> <laughs> mother may i go to duncan <laughs> <laughs> So now we we take a break from Diana and we go to see Dodie and we see Dodie's body and the funeral for him. And it's in a beautiful mosque. And this is what I did some deep dives into. So we'll talk more about it. And Mumu cries. And after the service, people are paying their respects, touching his coffin as it moves Mm -hmm. through the streets. Mumu says nothing from the palace to like his assistant or whatever. No letters, no gifts. The poem that Mumu sent was returned with Diana's coffin like no note like nothing that's pretty they have not acknowledged him at all and he asks if it is always the fate of the arabs to be hated by the west unfortunately with the british empire it is yeah fortunately dude i mean i I may be jumping ahead and tell me if i am but did we get to the part yet where we see in in herod's window the not yet okay comes later all right yeah okay so now we get ghost dodie Mm-hmm. and they're speaking in Arabic mm-hmm. and he says don't take it personally and his father asks how can he not there's no mention of you anywhere and Dodi says across the Arab world they are calling Dodi a hero and he says he shouldn't look to the west he says of course he has to and Dodi tells him basically he'll never get what he wants from the west he asks Dodi did I have unfair expectations of you he says yes so this feels like a better inner dialogue yeah than the diana charles one Mm -hmm, mm because i do feel like a parent would say oh my god did i was i a good parent did i have unfair expectations Mm -hmm. of you did i and particularly given his impact on all this did i drive you to this Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all of this and he asks for forgiveness and dodi asks to be forgiven as well for failing his father and mumu says he was perfect dodi disagrees and he says be honest about who i was because wounds only heal with the truth. Mm-hmm. And Mumu cries out for Dodie not to leave as he go back to the chair and he's gone. Mm-hmm. So now we have Tony Blair. He's meeting with the cabinet about how to handle the funeral. And it's on a conference call with the queen. Mm-hmm. Tony Blair saying we need to do this at Westminster Abbey. <laughs> should the location and the audience um, be, and the location and the audience should be made up of folks from the causes that she cared most about. Mm-hmm. And, someone comes in to tell Charles that William is missing. Mm-hmm. And so a search has begun all around Balmoral for him. People are looking all over. There's just Range Rovers all over Balmoral's property. Going yep. everywhere. Yep. Range Rover, Range Rover. And they can't find him. 
and Charles seems genuinely concerned. Like he's yeah. starting to freak out that his kid is missing. Um, a storm is rolling in because Scotland. So of course it is. Yes. And then we see William come walking back on his own. He was mm-hmm. out there for 14 hours. Jesus. I wonder if that's true. I wonder if that's true too. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Uh, the family's inside waiting for his return and he eventually comes back from his walkabout, as I said. <laughs> Harry lets them, he goes on walkabout. Harry lets him know that he's coming back. Everyone's relieved. Charles and Harry greet him. Charles asks if he's okay and he just shrugs him off and says yes. And God, does Dad, the same. get out of my way. Right. Get off my grill, Dad. Jeez. My mom just died. Go away. Go away. <laughs> God, it's awful. <laughs> uh, so we're in the Queen's bedroom with Philip. She says, William had gone for 14 hours. He's never done anything like this before, which I want to say, well, his mother's never died before either. So yeah, yeah. this is, this is bad. And if he, and but Elizabeth says, if he is behaving so out of character, perhaps Charles is right about the fact that the rest of the country is behaving out of character too. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're behaving out of character at all. I think yeah. they're being totally in alignment with their character. Charles has asked her to help the country too. And she should go back to London before the funeral and make a formal statement. And Philip tells her, don't you dare. <laughs> yeah. Philip really, you know, as this is a real flip for them. Because mm-hmm. if you remember, she always dictated how the crown would act and blah, blah, blah. And was always telling him. Mm-hmm. He seems to have internalized that message. And now it's coming back to bite her in the ass. Right. Mm-hmm. And she, yeah, don't you dare. Sanity will soon prevail. Mm-hmm. And she's like, grief hotlines are ringing off the hook. Like, mm-hmm. shit's going down. People mm-hmm. are not okay. People are not okay. And we start hearing news reports of how the queen has been misjudging this and they need to return to London earlier. Like, the press is really turning on them. Charles tells Anne about the fact that the queen is unable to mother the nation just as she was unable to mother them. Yep. Anne tells I was thinking is- that because at some point he says, like, the country needs their mother. They need uh-huh. you to mother them. And I'm like, oh, I fucked. know. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I don't think this woman has three maternal instincts in her whole body. No. Um, Anne says that isn't helpful now. Her inability to mother the nation might have consequences. There's a growing anti-royal movement in the media and the public's growing frustration with the silence from Balmoral. The country is grieving, but there's nothing from Balmoral. Mm-hmm. Charles comes back to talk to the queen. I feel like all Charles is doing this whole episode mm. is like begging everybody to do the right thing. Yes. Yes. He's going Which from pillar to post. generous to Charles. I just yes. want to reiterate that. And can we talk about how good um, Dominic West looks in a kilt? Can we, can we I mean, that for a moment? I mean. Oh, God. <laughs> one, of the, one of our listeners, I forget who, I'm sorry if I'm forgetting your name, reached out and was like, I'm totally rewatching the affair. Like, oh, it's, yeah. It's happening. And then separately, independently of that, someone else reached out and was like, we hear you on the affair. It almost destroyed my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, it really, it really got It really me. got I into people's that. heads. Oof. Oh, God, it's so good. Mm-hmm. That, again, friends, if you've never watched the affair, go now. Yeah. Run, don't walk. Yeah. And Charles comes to talk to the queen again and asks if she has reconsidered her position. She's seen the news. It would be very easy to dismiss this whole thing as mass hysteria. And Charles is sure there is something much deeper at work here. Mm-hmm. The queen thinks that people are just in shock that a beautiful young woman was cut off in her prime. She said the crown rises above impulse. And he, he says at its peril. Yeah. And yeah. Charles is sure there's a chance that this could turn ugly for them. 
And he says, the public wants attention, love, and empathy. She says, theater, exhibition, and spectacle. He says, that's who Diana was. Mm -hmm. But they didn't see that as spectacle. She gave the people what they needed, and the people adored her for it. Yes. It's called human. (laughs) It's called human. human. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we hear another report. The media says that the queen needs to come to terms with the country's grief. Mm-hmm. This is really going bad, badly mm-hmm. for them. And now we have our third and final viewing of Ghost Diana. And she's sitting next to the queen. This one is the one I think I had the hardest time with. And the queen says, I hope you're happy now. You finally succeeded in turning me and this house upside down. And Diana says that was never her intention. And the queen doesn't believe her. And she says, look at what you started. It's nothing less than revolution. Look at all this nonsense. Look at all this nonsense. Yeah. And Diana says it didn't need to be. And by making an enemy of me, not personally, but what I stood for, it's starting to look like one. And Diana says they are trying to show the queen who they are, how they feel, and what they need. And it must be terrifying, but it needn't be. The queen has shown the world what it is to be British. Maybe it is time for her to learn, too. I don't know if we needed this. Yeah. This is I the one I have the, the most with problem Charles. with. I liked Ghost Dodie probably the best. This one, I don't feel like we needed this. I feel I like... I think I liked Ghost Dodie the best because I knew so little about Dodie that, like, it didn't... Yeah. It didn't feel as personal as Diana. Can we, can we reimagine this scene if this was Princess Margaret mm. telling it to her? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that Margaret is one of the few people who could speak yeah. truth to her yeah. that could have worked like maybe she couldn't have said it as brazen but right. she could have you know what i mean imparted this to her margaret could have been the one to walk in the room and go lilibet yeah you need to get the got, fuck out there you got to get mm-hmm. got to london because this is mm-hmm. this shit is going bad yeah lilibet yeah lilibet lilibet and the queen and philip are in bed and she announces they are going to london tomorrow and he asks what he like, says, what how dare you she just says, you heard me. She's <laughs> That's like, going to be the nice thing about being the queen in a marriage. Be like, anything I say trumps you. Always. You fucking Always. heard me, dude. You heard me. You heard me. Mm-hmm. Pipe down over there, Nazi. mean head. Wasn't he a Nazi? No. Am I making that up? Yeah, I'm making that up. <sighs> no, it was the other dude. It was the, David. the Duke of Windsor. The Duke of Windsor, former mm-hmm. King Edward, was mm-hmm. absolutely a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah. Uh, Philip definitely had some racism issues. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, But if he was a Nazi, I don't think it got real a lot of press because I don't think Elizabeth would have let that happen. (laughs) So he's not like showing up in public in a Nazi uniform. (laughs) He's no Igor slash Justin. Okay. 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 Gotcha. And so we see the queen in black on the flight writing what looks like a speech. She's got her little hat on and Mm -hmm. her little grief medal and Mm -hmm. she's looking very prim and proper. Mm -hmm. And they pull into Buckingham Palace and you could just see the shock on their faces by how much has been left at the gates the people out there in that mm-hmm. circle just crowding and, and crying at the gates mm-hmm. and you could tell they just have no idea that like they did not realize the magnitude yeah, no. of this the queen records her address for the people with the crowds in the background I'm I will read the address in a minute to speak oh. to the British people, people. <laughs> in my <laughs> cute little hat i Uh, really make sure that every word i say is measured just so so 
mm-hmm. and perfectly enunciated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that lilt and way in which I spoke. Mm-hmm. God, we are going to get canceled so fucking I know. fast for <laughs> making fun of the Queen of England. Jesus please, Christ. Please don't come for us. Please don't come for us. Uh, and so we see William crying. Harry's getting the birthday gift. Which that was him. true. That was mm. true. She did buy that for him and he got it after she died. Yeah. Um, Harry and we and they do a really good job here, I think, of inter interlacing the actors doing this and then live footage. I agree. I think I that agree. was a really good mm-hmm. way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Harry writes a note for his mother, but then we see the real footage of the note on the flower. I'm getting like chills actually describing this mm-hmm. with just mummy written on mm-hmm. it um and more footage of the crowns now we see the herod's display that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm did we, so did uh, you notice he put the ring in the display uh-huh okay so gross because <laughs> so... that was true he really did that he really yeah. did that i know it's yeah. so gross <laughs> gross and we see harry's note to diane on the coffin the boys the charles and her brother walking behind and the crowds are yelling support for the boys. And Philem tells them not to acknowledge it. Just focus on walking. Mm-hmm. Just, that's the wrong way to play this. I know. And William asks, why are they crying for someone they never knew? And Philip says, they aren't crying for her. They are crying for you. Yes, they are crying for her and for you. It's yeah. not. It, Philip couldn't, yeah. uh, couldn't get the fact that they were crying because they felt the loss of Diana. Right, right. They felt incredible sympathy for William and Harry, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, I think William and Harry just made it, you know, just amped up the tragedy. Of course. Yeah. Little kids and walking me. Oh, God, it's awful. Never forget little little John Jr. John I know. Jr. with his little. Saluting us. Oh, God, little John John. Jacqueline made him do that. She was like, salute, you, salute the coffin. Mm-hmm. Do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And we get back to the live footage of the procession, and uh, we see Elizabeth on her knees praying before bed. And I said, she almost looks like she might cry alone in that bedroom. Almost. Yes. Yeah. So I want to read the speech that she did give. Mm, okay. Um, and I pulled this right off of uh, the UK, Royal UK. Mm. It's their actual it's, website. It's not off of Reddit. It's not off of Reddit. This is actually what the palace has put out is what her official statement is. The queen spoke to the nation live at 6 p.m. on Friday, 5th of September from the Chinese dining room at Buckingham Palace. Since last Sunday's dreadful news, we have seen throughout Britain and around the world an overwhelming expression of sadness at Diana's death. We have all been trying in our different ways to cope. It is not easy to express a sense of loss since the initial shock is often succeeded by a mixture of other feelings, disbelief, incomprehension, anger, and concern for those who remain. We have all felt those emotions in the last few days. So what I say to you now, as your queen and as a grandmother, I say from my heart. First, I want to pay tribute to Diana myself. This must have fucking killed her. (laughs) She was an exceptional and gifted human being. In good times and bad, she never lost her capacity to smile and laugh nor to inspire others with her warmth and kindness. I admired and respected her for her energy and her commitment to others, especially for her devotion to her two boys. This week at Balmoral, we have all been trying to help William and Harry come to terms with the devastating loss that they and the rest of us have suffered. I think that was a really smart move of saying like, we were trying to take care of the kid. Yeah. England, Mm -hmm. give us a break. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
as you said, by taking care of the kid. We're just like, is he in the room? Cool. <laughs> is he breathing? Right. Does he is need he breathing? Does he have does enough battery? Someone walk else man up. As he <laughs> rattles around Balmoral <laughs> listening to Radiohead. Are we okay? There we go. And she says, she continues, no one who knew Diana will ever forget her. Millions of others who never met her and felt they knew her will remember her. I, for one, believe there are lessons to be drawn from her life and from the extraordinary and, and moving reaction to her death. I share in your determination to cherish her memory. Hmm. This is also the opportunity for me on behalf of my family and especially Prince Charles and William and Harry to thank all of you who have brought flowers, sent messages, and paid your respects in so many ways to a remarkable person. Hmm. These acts of kindness have been a huge source of help and comfort. Our thoughts are also with Diana's family and the families of those who died with her. Didn't even mention the name. Nope. Nope. Neither the driver nor Dodie. Nope. I know that they too have drawn strength from what has happened since last weekend as they seek to heal their sorrow and then to face the future without a loved one. I hope that tomorrow we can all, wherever we are, join in expressing our grief at Diana's loss and the gratitude for her all too short life. It is a chance to show the whole world the British nation united in grief and respect. May those who died rest in peace, and may we, each and every one of us, thank God for someone who made so many, who made many, many people happy. Hmm. Didn't mention the Spencers either. Nope. Nope. No. Okay. Well, let's say our thoughts are with Diana's family. They right. didn't say the name Spencer, but they yeah, did, yeah, yeah. did specifically say Diana's family and the families of the other people who died. Yeah. Oh, and those, those other people. people. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. I mean, if you're going to run that past me, I'm going to say she needs a better speechwriter, but it was yeah. fine. It met it was, the moment. It was fine. It, for her, that was really right. like deep and emotional, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is sad, but true. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... For our piece of history, I wanted to talk a bit about Dodie Fayed's funeral itself because it didn't really get any attention in right. globally. I have to tell you, it was hard to find information even about it. Wow. You Google it and it comes back to pictures of Diana's funeral. Picture, It's so focused on, yeah, it was hard to even well, find I mean, something. They were only together for six weeks. I think we right. forget that sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, if they were love like for the eternity. ages. Oh, they were a love for the ages. Right, right, right. Sorry. For, Sorry. Remember, a love for the ages. Love for the ages. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Got it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I did get something from the BBC. I was also trying to find like a reputable source, not like, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, Bob's funeral <laughs> stuff.com or something. On so, Reddit. <laughs> on Reddit. This does actually come from the BBC, so I do have faith okay. in this. So, Dodie Fayed, who was killed alongside Princess Diana in a car accident in Paris in the early hours of Sunday, has been buried in Britain. Dodie Fayed's body was flown back to London on Sunday evening, accompanied by his father, Herod's owner, Mohammed El Fayed. The body was taken first to the Regent's Park Mosque in central London, and from there to a Muslim cemetery in Walking, I'm going to say, W-O-K-I-N-G. I'm mm -hmm. guessing that's a section of London. A police spokesman walking said that the Al Fayed family had insisted on a private ceremony and that those wishes were being respected. Hmm. So here's a bit more about Doty himself. Educated in Switzerland and at the Sandhurst Military Academy. Put a pin in that for a second. Okay. Doty Fayed held both Egyptian and United Arab Emirates citizenship. He spent most of his working life in the family business, but also became known as a 
successful film producer in Hollywood, where his production company was involved in the Oscar-winning film Chariots of Fire. Mm -hmm. Other films that he did, Breaking Glass, FX, Hook, and The Scarlet Letter. So I wanted to go back to that. So, But Dodi Fayed became best known as a wealthy international playboy with a series of glamorous female escorts. Mm. He was briefly married to an American model whom he later divorced. They were married for eight months. Dodi Fayed's appearances in the gossip column began in the 80s when he was in his 30s, usually involving his appearance at nightclubs around the world. Yeah. The most recent controversy involving Dodi Fayed revolved around California model Kelly Fisher. We've talked a lot about that. Mm -hmm. Ms. Fisher had instigated legal proceedings against Dodi Fayed, claiming that he had promised to marry her and then left her after he began a romance with Diana. And he Mm -hmm. made her quit her job. She demanded $500,000 for breach of contract. Dodi Fayed first met Diana 10 years ago at a polo match. Mohamed El Fayed was a close friend of Diana's father, the late Earl Spencer. Mm. That's, I, that was the best information I could find. Yeah. It's wow. really sad. Okay. Now, I told you to put a pin into Sandhurst Military Academy. Yes. As I read that, I was like, that sounds familiar. Why does that sound familiar, you ask? Other famous alumni of uh, Sandhurst Military Academy include King Hussein of Jordan, who I've always enjoyed a bit. Wow. Okay. But more importantly, Prince William and Prince Harry. Oh, okay. Same school. I was like, why do I know the name of that school? That's why, because that's where Mm -hmm. William and Harry went as well. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So there we have it. We got through the death of Diana. Mm. Well, this was a good episode. This was a good episode. It was sad. It was, Mm. I don't know. I mean, it was, it was lovely to see the outpouring for her mm-hmm. but also devastating to see the boys and to know that they were not allowed to act or grieve Normally. a certain way in public is mm-hmm. really upsetting it is really upsetting and because I, I don't think the people would have turned on them at all i right. think the people if anything would have appreciated it more i know and i i just think of elizabeth like she is so the crown the crown the crown the crown the crown like that would have in her eyes, that would have been a slippery slope to go down. But, mm-hmm. like, this is part of the problem with the Royals, right? They never yeah. evolve. No. So, like, what worked in 1910 does not work in 1997. No. But we're still playing by the same book all right. the time. I have to tell you something. Um, this is just related because I brought up 1997. I saw a meme with a professor who wrote, I may never mentally recover from this email. And in the email, the student asked the professor, did you see it? Could they use a source from the late 1900s? <laughs> Todd read that to me and we're both like, oh, fuck you, kid. We're not okay. Wow. <laughs> from the late 1900s. I will have you know my kids have said that to me. They have oh said to me, God. you grew up in the 1900s. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> but, you know, I think about it. Like, I think about, like, the late 1800s. I mm-hmm. mean, think about it. Like, my, our grandparents felt this way. About mm-hmm. the late 1800s. Yes. Yes. It's weird. It's, it's weird. Wild. Yeah. Like, even when you were saying, what were you just, you were saying just something about the 80s. Oh, um, uh, Dodie was running around a nightclub oh, yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. I'm thinking, God, he must have been old. But then I'm like, no, no, no. Right now, yeah. 1980 was 40 years ago. Right. But then for him, it was 10 years ago. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah. it feels like, sometimes I feel like 1980 is yesterday. I know. Sometimes I, know. I feel like I, it was 150 I, years ago. I'm still in the brain space of 10 years ago was the 90s. I know, me too. 
Forever. 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 All right, my friend. Um, we have to get moving. We have something we else do. to record. We're going to get to that right away. Guys, if you haven't already, check out the two documentaries that Amanda and I have done. We've done Escaping mm-hmm. Twin Flames, and we've done Love Has One, The Cult of Mother God. Mother God. Which, if you have to pick one over the other, if you only have time for one, go to Love Has One because it's Well, it depends bonkers. on what you want. If you well, want to rage out, then you need Escaping Twin Flames. Yeah, yeah. If you, just if you want to just be... be- if you want your gob to be smacked. If you want your gob to be smacked, watch Love Has One. Very good. Thank you. Yes. If you want your gob to be smacked and all over the place. as always, I'm going to send a special message out to those members on the free Patreon tier. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> those numbers are climbing. Patreon oh, no. has redesigned their page so that when you go on there, it says join for free. Well, you get I... nothing if you join <laughs> for free. So, you get what uh, you pay for here. While, while, we, while we support your efforts in wanting to follow <laughs> the show, we also don't want you to get angry and rage quit because you're not getting anything. Right. So, right, so. just, you know, move up to that $8 tier and you're going to get commercial free stuff, sister wives stuff, all that stuff. Oh so, um, thank you, Amanda. And tell everyone where they can find you. We haven't done that in a while. Oh, gosh. Yes, forever. Uh, you can find me on the Instagrams. I know. Amy always puts it in the show notes, see pictures of my cats and all that. And you can find me, um, I'm having a long-term temporary position as uh, the driver of the Fundy bus on a blighty day talking about Plathville and Sister Wives. Love it. Love it. Yes. Love it. All right, guys. And follow us on Instagram. We're up to 400 followers. I'm pretty nice. excited about that. Yes. We're up to almost 700 people in the Facebook group. I know. The Facebook group's getting amazing. I know. It's awesome. Yeah. I love it. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Take care, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.